Once upon a summer, an innocent game turned out to be the biggest challenge the world had ever faced. East Leeds FM, a story about friendship, fear, love, suffering and world peace. Will they make it? Tune into the summer broadcast to find out. Wow, what a way to start a show. That was War by Edwin Starr, written as a rebellion song against the Vietnam War that caused huge protests in the US during the late 60s and the early 70s. You're listening to the summer broadcast here on ELFM. I'm Verity, the broadcast worker here. And this show is all about political messages, propaganda and the influence it can have on us all. And it's brought to you by the Exchange Group of Students based at Bishop Young Academy here in East Leeds. Um, we spent a morning, haven't we, gang, at the uh, Huddersfield University at the Holocaust Exhibition and Learning Centre. And we've been looking at the role the media and propaganda played in causing the atrocities of Nazi Germany during the Second World War. And whether this kind of propaganda is still at play in the world today. Now, with me in the studio to discuss things, we've got Philip... Hello, say hello, Philip. Hello. And we've got Raphael and we've got Dante. Say hello, hello guys. Hello. Hello. And uh, the first thing we did when we got to the exhibition was we were we were given these these sheet with these posters on from from the Second World War, weren't they? They were Nazi posters, weren't they? Yeah, they had um, three German posters and one propaganda poster f- for actually Britain. Um, yeah. Yeah. And do you want to describe what they look like? Do you want to do that, Philip? Or Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of them 
The first one is a the stereotypical portrait of a Jewish person back then with a Star of David and a Nazi pointing at him very violently. Mm, and what do you think this means, guys? What do you think the picture... Or what, are you, you going to tell us, Raphael? I think that this means that Hitler blamed the war on Jews so he wouldn't get all the shame and he, no one would hate on him and start being nice to the Jews. Right. Anyone else? So when we were at the Holocaust Museum, they actually mentioned that the picture meant something around that it was their fault. So I'm pretty sure the picture is a person, probably most likely a German, pointing at a Jew in the photo, and then the German writing says that it was their fault. Okay, okay. And what about the second one? Do you want to describe that one to us, Dante? Uh, so basically, the three flags is the uh, Union Jack, the American, and the Russian Soviet Union flag. And then um, I think it's a Jew behind there. And basically, um, it be- it means that the Jews were hiding behind the other con- the other like countries to get away from the Germans. Okay. And what about you two? What do you think of the picture? Well, I think that it's a misinterpretation of what actually happened back then on all the Jewish people and how they were mistreated and that it's all not true. Okay. And and what about the third picture? What have we got there, um, Raphael? On the picture, it's a poster, it's a propaganda with a picture of Hitler when he was younger. He had blonde hair. Well, he didn't have blonde hair, but it's just like... It shows him when he was younger, and in the background you can see him when he was older. And uh, the whole poster is about um, Hitler wanting youth in his army so he could train um, ten-year-olds to become uh, war, like um, part of his army when they grew up. Yeah, we we kind of learned about the Hitler Youth a bit, didn't we? This morning, what, can you what can you remember that they talked about? Yeah, um, they talked about how Hitler wouldn't stop at anything to stop the Jews and how saying how bad they were, when in reality they weren't the bad ones. Okay, Dante, what do you think about this picture? Um, so basically, it shows children looking well, obviously somewhere, and then there's Hitler in the background, um, which shows that he wants mm, every well, most young ones that are at the age of ten to join the army, so they can basically like conquer the world. And I'm pretty sure they conquered like most of Europe. So, and the final picture was a bit different, wasn't it? Because the first three were from the German perspective, weren't they? In the, the, the Nazi Germany. But this one was a bit different, wasn't it, Philip? Yeah, this was the only one which was actually in English and was talking about the Nazis being the bad ones and how they are the enemy. In the actual picture, it shows a a hand with a Nazi symbol on their jacket holding and the knife stabbing into a Bible and at the bottom in um, yellow bold writing, this is the enemy. What do you guys think about that? How do you think they used those posters if it was in, in English rather than in German? Well, I think that um, Hitler wanted like more people, not just Germans, but like other people to help take over the Jews so like there would, Jews would be extinct from the world and it, it technically gets more people to join. Okay. There were also very horrid pictures of... Um, massacres of people who are once uh, next-door neighbours and really good friends with Jews, then shooting them and just leaving their dead bodies on the ground, like, as if they were just worthless items. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty powerful experience, wasn't it, going to the museum? What did you guys think of it overall? Well, the actual museum was well-made and pretty fun, um, but the things inside the facts were just kind of scary almost. found it very easy to understand of how they explained everything in such a simple way. Mm. 
and it just made it very easy to get good knowledge. And these posters, just finally, guys, um, these posters, we talked at the end when we looked at them about, well, aren't they just posters? They're just things on a wall. How can they be hurtful or painful to anyone? What, what, did you, what are your thoughts around that? The, it depends on real, really what culture and religion it targets. Like, specifically, most of these target Jews. So if you were, like, a Jew, you would see you would see that and then it would kind of, like, hurt you and then make you think about what could happen to you and your family and more other people. OK, well, guys, thank you very much for talking through those posters. Um, it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you. How many roads must a man walk down Before you call him a man How many seas must the white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Isn't how many times must the cannonballs fly for their forever band The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind Yes, and how many years can a mountain exist Before it is washed to the sea? Yes, and how many years can some people exist Before they're allowed to be free? Yes, and how many times can a man turn his head And pretend that he just doesn't see the answer my friend is blowing in the wind the answer is blowing in the wind yes and how many times must a man look up before he can see the sky Yes, and how many ears must one man have Before he can hear people cry Yes, and how many deaths will it take Till he knows that too many people have died The answer, my friend is blowing in the wind the answer is blowing in the wind Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan, one of the world's best-known protest songs, raising questions about things like peace, war and freedom, all things that we were looking at at the Holocaust Exhibition and Learning Centre at Huddersfield University with the exchange group from Bishop Young Academy here in East Leeds. This is the Summer Broadcast on ELFM. I have Jake in the studio, I have Estera and Alfie. Hi, guys. Hello. 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 Um, now, you guys are going to talk about the, the part at the um, Holocaust uh, L- Learning and Exhibition Centre where we went into the exhibition and we saw a really powerful film, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. That, was that your kind of like the most moving part for you guys when you were there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, hearing the experiences and the voices of the survivors, it gave the Holocaust a deeper meaning to me because before I knew that, yes, this was a real thing, it was just an event to me, but now that I know people have been through it, I know that there are people who have survived and it's made such a mark on the world, it's it's gotten to me. Right. Well, should we hear a little bit from one of the survivors that was uh, we could play in, on the video in the exhibition? So let's just hear a little bit of that now. And we lived in a tiny box of an apartment in Paris because they are small. It's a very crowded city. And when I got to an age of about four, I, she sent me to a little, like, a preschool school, and I loved it. But then things started to change, and you could hear noises that you hadn't heard before. 
like sirens. Then things changed again and again and again, and it was, you could hear more noises outside. And my parents didn't go out as much. And everybody spoke in whispers. And if you had a radio, you could be shot on the spot. And until it's happened, you can't imagine what it's like. But you're, nothing is your own anymore. To be occupied by a force such as this one is so terrifying and becomes so official that you don't even breathe sometimes. You freeze. It's really, 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 uh, it's shocking. So that was just a little bit of uh, one of the video clips in, in the exhibition. And um, what else did you notice in the exhibition, Estera, when you went round? I noticed you were talking to the guy about the one of the athletes there, the Jewish athletes. Can you remember that part? Can't remember. <laughs> what other parts do you remember? I don't know. No? What about you, Alfie? Did you notice any parts of the exhibition that you really um, took note of when you went round? The clothes that they wore. Okay. What, what clothes were they wearing? Um, they were striped, mm -hmm. and they wore certain shoes. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things they asked when we were going around the exhibition was to think about this idea of propaganda and how it might have affected some of the things that happened to to the Jewish people and the Roma and the and the political prisoners. How do you think the two were linked? And what did you think about it when you were going round? Any thoughts on that? Mm. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because sometimes it feels like it's just a poster and how can that cause something that was so horrific and quite quite moving? But do you think it could have done? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that it's the propaganda Hitler released that caused the, the downfall of the Jews because had he not released that propaganda, the Jews would have been seen as just another type of person. It wouldn't be bad. But Hitler expressed his beliefs on Jews to the entirety of Germany through the use of propaganda and that led them to believe that the Jews were wrong, that they were bad, despite the fact that they've done nothing wrong throughout their time. Anybody else think about that? No, Jake's the spokesman for that, that, that particular question, I think. The other part was the cinema. Estera, do you want to describe what it was like when you went in there? I think it was like old-fashioned and it like showed everything that happened in, in propaganda. Okay. And what, what else was it like, Alfie, when you went in? What, um, what was they the were like? saying, like, people electrocuted themselves because they didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. How did it make you feel when you saw the film? Um, made me feel like I was in concentration camp. It made me feel really sad and scared. Anyone else? Uh, to me it made me feel a bit sorry for the survivors because, yeah, they're in a better place now, but now that I know what experiences they've had, what they had to go through, and that they're still uh, talking normally as if nothing happened, it made me feel like they go through struggles that we've never experienced, something that we probably won't experience, that they've, so they've been able to live through such hard time and to be honest it made me feel a little proud of whoever survived because now that I've known what it's like I know how what they had to go through and again as Alfie said some people did end up committing suicide just to get out of it so the fact that they've been able to despite the fact they've had the offer to just get out of it forever they've been able to power through it and have not died for example there was one man who had his entire family killed, which includes 40-odd people, and he was the only survivor, and as far as I'm aware, he's still doing well. I've seen pictures of him smiling. He's still been able to power through that. It's just... It's amazing, really. Shall we hear a bit of the uh, cinema clip as well? Do you, do you want to... Shall I play a bit from that? Sure, why yeah, not? Yeah. OK. Santa to the propaganda of the Lithuanian official provisional government. If you take a, a spark to a haystack, that's only a small thing, but within a matter of minutes it can be turned into a, a raging inferno. We found ourselves in the street 
in the darkness and we were refugees. I was asleep in my bed. We had no idea how the war was going. Refugees were flooding across the border. So we cycled part of the way and the rest of the family were sleeping in our beds. We get on the road, crawled across the road, and there was a lot of people sleeping and eating. We didn't know where we were being taken. There were German soldiers everywhere. I didn't come out. They came back and I was still under the table. She said, there's nobody here. And there was. I knocked at their door, nothing happened for few seconds and then I knocked again and then I heard footsteps and I am convinced although I have no proof for it that they went to the window and they looked down and they saw me and they recognized me and they didn't open the door and to this day the noise of it the sound of the engine I can still hear it and it sounded like shh, 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 shh. She just shaved off our hair. And none of us tried to resist or say, why are you doing it? We were so petrified. And it went very fast. Next, next. And the hair was tumbling down. They were in um, barbaric to them. Uh, a prisoner meant nothing. A dog meant more than uh, a prisoner to them. They enjoyed it. That was the life that there was nothing for them to punish anybody or hurt anyone or anything, no reason. Sooner or later, you end up dead. Yeah, it was very moving. Very, very moving, wasn't it, the, um, the cinema? Yeah. Um, anything else from the exhibition that you took away and that you wanted to, to that left you sort of thinking about things a little more? Uh, I'd probably say that little cinema experience because with the the images of it, of the skinny people, what they had to go through, how they lived, it's left me thinking, what would I do if I was in that situation? Obviously not survive. It's just horrifying, really. Like, how Hitler could be so heartless to put people who have done nothing wrong through that type of torture and pain... It's it's unmoral, is that a word? Immoral, but you, yeah, near enough. Yeah. What about you, Alfie? What did you think? The posters that we saw, mm. because we learnt how propaganda posters affected the lives of so many people. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Estella? I think um, Hitler should not have done this. The Jews or other people haven't done anything wrong, and he's really careless about everyone. He just cares about himself. And it's just horrible for others to um, have the experience getting killed and stuff. That's, yeah. Well, guys, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much. And um, we're going to hear from the next group soon after this. Matt. 
Cause there's something inside so strong I know that I can make it Though you're doing me wrong so wrong You thought that my pride was gone Oh no Something inside so strong love that song Labby Sifri something inside so strong uh, written when he uh, watched a TV documentary he saw about apartheid in South Africa where he saw white soldiers uh, shooting at black civilians on the street this is the summer broadcast here on ELFM uh, I'm Verity the broadcast worker here and I am with our third group from Bishop Young Academy's exchange group here in East Leeds who have um, been visiting with me the um, Holocaust Exhibition and Learning Centre at Huddersfield University and I have Mantas and Dominic. Hi guys. 
Hello. Hello. Um, now, you two have been looking at um, a little exercise we did and, and looking at whether the stuff that we saw and watched about uh, Nazi Germany and all the propaganda that went on there, whether that's relevant today and whether this sort of really heavy kind of propaganda still goes on. Um, do we think it does, guys? Yeah. 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 And how did we, um, what did we do to try and sort of examine that when we were at the centre? Well, we did this task where we had to uh, uh, take uh, these notes and put them on the right place, but we didn't know the time, so we had to uh, change them to then or, or now. Yeah, so we, ha- we had headlines, didn't we, that we'd, had been pulled from newspapers, sort of the, the main front pages, and we had to decide whether they were really old ones from like Germany and from the World War II or whether they were recent. And um, was it easy to tell whether they were like new or old? It was really difficult. Mm. I'd say kind of easy. Would you? Why is that, Dominic? Because we only got like a few wrong. You got only got a few wrong, well... I'm pleased to hear it. Have you got some examples there with you that you've brought along? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the first headline that you, you, you chose? Um, rescue boats. Uh, I, I'd use gu- gunships to stop migrants. Res- rescue boats? I'd use gunships to stop migrants. Hmm, I'd say that's a tricky one. Which did you think it was from? Modern day or... The, I, th- well, I thought it was at the past, but for... But when Sir showed me it was now, uh, I was kind of surprised. Why? Why was that? Because it it, it literally because it sounds something from uh, something what Hitler would say. Mm. But what did he say it was from? Can you remember? Uh, yeah, I remember. It was. Uh, I believe it was at it. This was at twenty fifteen. 2015, so only just a few years ago. Wow. Dominic, what's the one that you've got there, one of the headlines? I got, show me bodies floating in water, play violence, and show me skinny people. Looking sad, I still don't care. Wow. That's pretty full on. And what did you think that one was, old or new? Old. And what did we find out? It was new. Can we remember who said it? No. No. I think it was a lady called Katie Hopkins. Um, so were you quite surprised that it was new then, Dominic? Yeah. Why was that? Because it sounds like something that Hitler would want to see. Mm-hmm. I know. These, these, so we've got two new ones that we both thought were old. What have we got on our third uh, headline? Are you going to do one there, Mantas? Yeah. Okay. The Jews are our misfortune. The Jews are our misfortune. Okay, that's a pretty powerful headline. Um, what are we going with with this one, new or old? It, it was old. It was old, right? And mm. um, why did what, what made you think that? Well, it, uh, because Hitler uh, attacked many groups. It wasn't just Jews. It was also disabled people, uh, uh, pe- pe- people who were gay, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so when it says the Jews are our misfortune, what do you think they were trying to say by that headline? It was saying that the, the Jews ruin our lives. Mm. And do you think that was true? Not really, because they were just living their ordinary lives. Okay. Right, so that's an old one. Um, do we think that that, that, that that was a really powerful headline from the old one? Do we think it was more powerful than the new ones? Or do we think the propaganda and the headlines are just as bad now as they, they were then? Just as bad now. Really? Yeah. And have you got some more examples there, Dominic? Have you got, or, or has Mantas got another one? Migrants swarm to Britain. Migrants swarm to Britain. It's funny, that use of the word swarm, isn't it? What does it make you think of when you think say the word swarm? That they're charging to Britain. Mm, it's, quite, quite a, it make, it's quite an evocative word, isn't it? It makes you think of certain feelings. So is that a new headline or an old headline? What do we know about it? It's a new one. Okay, okay. And this is um, about immigration and all that sort of thing. It's quite... um, What do you think about immigration and the way that headlines are at the moment with immigration? Because a lot of these ones are related to that, aren't they? I'm kind of annoyed at it because I'm a migrant and I don't see what we're doing bad. We're actually helping England. Mm. And and what do you feel when you see a, a headline like that, Migrants Swarm to Britain? 
I'm just thinking, why? Why are people so angry? Mm. And what do you think, Dominic? I don't know. You don't know? No. Have we got a final headline, Nantas, there? Is yeah. that uh, one from you there? Yeah. German Jews pouring into this country. German Jews pouring into this country. See how that's an interesting... Another like that we had the migrants swarm to Britain and then we had German Jews pouring into this country. When they use the word pouring, what do we think? Why do they use that? What does it make you think when you hear pouring into this country? Well, it makes me think that there's a huge amount, like lots of people are going in. Like it's it's their fault. Mm. And, And is this one from... Olden days or modern days, can we remember? It's olden days. So this was probably some, some German Nazi propaganda. Yeah. Personally, I believe that, you know, nowadays pro- propaganda is even worse. You think it's worse, Mantas? Yeah, because think about Brexit and, uh, other, and you know, uh, Donald Trump tr- uh, building a wall on Mexico. Mexico. Uh, Donald Trump. So do you think that that's, that's part of the propaganda? Yeah, because... He he boasts about wanting to build a a wall up in in Mexico to stop the immigrants, but I feel like that's going to just make them more desperate. I feel like it's going to be the 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 second Holocaust. Do you? So you can see comparisons between what happened and what you've learned at the um, Holocaust Exhibition and Learning Centre, and that whole thing. And then you're looking at Trump and thinking, I'm worried that there's some similar things going on. It it kind of feels like uh, if uh, you know there would be second people coming back to life, uh, Trump would be like the same as Hitler, or Hitler is the same as Trump. Hmm, it's a worrying thing. What do you think about that, Dominic? Have you got any views on that? No. No. Do you think that there is a lot of propaganda around today? Would you say, or do you think it's worse today, like Mantas thinks? Yeah, I agree with Mantas. Why? Because like. Donald Trump is building a wall, which will which will make the Mexicans try harder to get across to America. Okay, um, and overall, then, guys, we're just coming to the end of our um, our section here. Dominic's breathing a huge sigh of relief. <laughs> what do you What did you think about the exhibition, and and um, what do you think you've come away with thinking about it, and thinking about propaganda and all those sorts of things? How has it influenced your thoughts? Well. I firstly thought that uh, uh, the Holocaust only happened on on Poland, but when I found that it was also happening in Lithuania and other countries, in other countries like Slova- Slovakia, uh, uh, I, f- I found out that it's more serious than I ever thought. Okay, and you, you mentioned you are a migrant, did you say, yeah. Mantas? Where are you from? Lithuania. Lithuania. And do you think that, did you feel that that was connected to, to things there? Did you learn anything about Lithuania at the centre? Well, I've, I've, well, in the movie, was talking about Lithuania. Do you remember what, the, what, uh, what it was about? No. Mm. Mm. So there's perhaps some further research we can do there. Yeah. Yeah. What did you get from it, Dominic? <laughs> did you um, take a lot of thoughts away with you? I got that Hitler didn't really want anyone accept people that he thought was normal and do you think that there's lessons that we can learn for today how do you think that could influence how we behave or what we do or what we read when we read these headlines that you've been looking at don't judge by don't just don't judge someone by the by the way they look or or you could say don't just judge a book by its cover Mm, that's a good saying (laughs) well guys it's been a pleasure having you in the studio thank you very much for coming on the show Um, and we're going to have some music now two one two three four
Yeah, both both huge peace campaigners and activists themselves. That was John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band with Give Peace a Chance. I'm Verity. You're listening to the Summer Broadcast here on ELFM and we're talking about the media and propaganda with the Bishop Young Academy Exchange Group. Um, we have in the studio, who have we got? Harrison and we've got Nathan and we've got Paula and we've got Deck. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, good afternoon. now we all know, as, as we've been talking to the previous group, um, if we accept that there is propaganda and it still exists in the media today, that's what we were looking at in the headlines that we examined. How do we stop ourselves from being influenced by all this propaganda if it's still around today? So it's, it's a tricky question and there's so much stuff around. It's not just the newspapers like they used to be. There's social media, there's YouTube, there's all sorts of things. So we really need to have a way that we can be sure that we know the things that we're reading and the things that we're, we're talking about are true and they're not just propaganda they're not just messages that are trying to influence us so uh, these guys are here and um we've got some some tips really haven't we for what we what we call evaluating news do you want to tell us a bit a bit about what we've got in front of us here first of all paula do you want to just explain so in let's get critical four tips for evaluating the news we have four main tips that we're going to explore the first one is vet the publisher's credibility and what that means is that we need to make sure Whatever this news site is saying is actually scientifically true and we shouldn't believe it if it isn't. Mm, so uh, how do we know something scientifically true? Just um, chip in, guys. What, what do you think? Uh, doing research on what's actually been said using multiple different sites on the internet and more reading books and just doing research into the background of everything's being said. Mm, that's that's one way, isn't it? Doing a lot of research. That's quite time consuming, though, Nathan, isn't it? I mean, what if you're just reading the news in the morning over your cup of tea? You know, can you afford to check everything? Have you got the time? What's another way? Any other ideas how we could do these things? Well, I think if you're reading a newspaper, you should check the bottom of the newspaper. Or if you're online, then just check the bottom of the article online. Okay, that's it. That's an interesting view. And there's some things in the the actual guide that we were given by the Holocaust Ex- Exhibition and Learning Centre on here. Um, what are their suggestions in the in vetting the publisher's credibility, as it puts it? We're all having a read here, just brushing up on our, our sheet. It says the first thing is that, oh, what about the domain name, doesn't it? Um, what's it saying about domain names? Be wary of unusual top-level domain names like .com.co. A second-level domain like um, ABC News may appear credible, but note that abcnews.com.co is a different and illegitimate site, though designed to appear similar to the original. Well, well done for doing that, Dick, because we're a bit wordy, but what do you think it's trying to say there about domain names? They can possibly all just always be fake names. Right. You might have a few like changes in them, which is very difficult to see at first sight. Right, yeah. Yeah, it could just be a fake fake name. Mm. Well, what else does it say on, on this guide about the, the credibility of the publisher? It says about the read the About Us section. Well, that's an interesting idea. Why would you want to read the About Us section on a website to see if they're credible? Nathan? Because the uh, About Us section can tell you if the author is actually trustable, if they've done all the research themselves, and it can tell you what they've done before so you know even more if they are a trustable site or book yeah cool and and the final thing it says on on the on point one is look at who the author is who it's written by um we we read a headline out in there i don't know if you heard a previous one by a lady called katie hopkins has anyone heard of her yes so would we be likely to trust say something that katie hopkins wrote compared to maybe a, a trained newspaper journalist what do you think Harrison, you can... Well, I think so, because she's probably way more experienced and she's probably, like, actually gone and researched everything correctly and not just gone off of what they've heard, like, from someone else. Okay. what does everyone else think? I'd say that we trust her more with her having published more articles. Even if a journalist is more trained, better at the job, if they've just produced the first entry to something they won't be trusted as much than someone who has entered multiple entries to the public Mm, interesting anyone else got a view so this table are likely to trust katie hopkins views more than a newspaper journalist interesting no no not you nathan i wouldn't in general i'd take both of them and check them over because if there's two different 
um, beliefs in both of them, you'd want to do more research on them, check if they're definitely trustworthy and see. So Kate Hopkins, has she done trustworthy facts in the past and if the newspaper itself is trustworthy, which mm-hmm. most aren't now. Some give off good propaganda, some don't, and only a few can actually give off trustworthy wording. Okay. Right, Paula, what's, what's point number two on our guide for evaluating news? It says we have to pay attention to quality and timeliness, which basically means that we should look for spelling errors, see how many capital letters, for example, if they have all caps, which is definitely not trustworthy, and we also need to check for dramatic punctuation, such as an excess of exclamation marks or punctuation marks. Or question marks. Yeah, so why would the sort of odd spelling or capital letters or something like that make you think, oh, I'm not sure if this is a trustworthy piece of news? Why would, what do you think, Paula and Deck? What? Typically, a newspaper site will have lots of people who proofread the material. And so if you see grammatical mistakes, then you know that they probably haven't done all of the proofreading work. And so... It might just be an article that was just written immediately without any checking. Mm, that's quite a useful tip, that. It's, it's an easy one and a quick way of spotting something that might be a bit bit dodgy. What do you think, Dick? Well, usually um, news sites and newspapers don't really have a lot of dramatic punctuation. It's rather just a simple question or one exclamation mark. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. Um, right, we've got point number three here. Harrison, do you know what point number three is? Are you gonna um, tell us about that? Is it the check the sources and citations? Yeah, what does that mean? Check the um, sources and citations. Like check if like where they got all the check if where they got all the information from is like a trustworthy place and like see if it's like an official site okay yeah what does it say in, in the point will you because it's it's asking about how you found the article if you find some news online where what does it say well so it at first it starts with how did you find the article which mm-hmm. most people just come across it in the internet if i'm honest like because like now we have google like you've got all articles like at like if you have a phone it'll like go down there mm-hmm. like at the home screen yeah, and and Deck, you did so, such a good job of reading the last one. What does it actually say on the sheet? If the content showed up in your social media feed or was promoted on a website known for clickbait, proceed with caution. Even if the information was shared by a friend, be sure to follow the steps below to vet the publisher's credibility. Mm. So what do you think that means? If, what's it trying to say? Don't trust random websites that you just find on the internet. Yeah, a kind of guide to life, really, that, isn't it, I would yeah. say. <laughs> News or otherwise, don't trust them, random websites. Absolutely. And is this something that you check? Do you guys tend to check the website or do any of these things when you're looking at things on the web? Preferably, I never really do look at news. I It just bores me, to be fair. Does it? Mm. Well, I don't really look at news, but I look at things historical, things which interest me. But I don't really check if, I find it as something interesting. I do the look at it, find it something interesting, but only ever so often will I do more research on it if I already know something's wrong with the article. Like, I've read an article before and I've already known most of the things in it which, when they placed it down, were wrong. Right, right. And we say, like, you might not be into news, you might not get a newspaper through your, every, your door every morning, but you might be on a social media feed where articles are posted where you might not be looking specifically for news, but you see something and you think, oh, I didn't know that. Um, what do you think, Harrison? Do you check for for accuracy and things like that when you read an article? Not really. I'll just read it if I want to read it because it looks interesting, then I'll just leave it afterwards. Yeah. So what have you, um, you all four of you spent uh, the morning at the Huddersfield um, Exhibition and Centre for the Holocaust. What did you think about it and what did you come away with, it? particularly this area um, about kind of things being, rather than being just true because it's on a poster or it's in an article or it's in the newspaper, have you learned anything from that or is there anything going to change your behaviour from, from going there? Well, I learn quite a bit more about the actual 
camps during the war itself. I know that now Auschwitz concentration camp is a museum and no birds, no animals will go near it. The only animals which go there are human beings to learn about our history and to not repeat again. I also learnt that the wire was actually electrified and that multiple people would just escape by walking into the wire and and uh, and committing suicide. How did it make you feel, Nathan, when you were... Um, Gives you a kind of feeling of distraught and despair with how all of these atrocities were committed mainly by, by a group of human beings but were begun by one. And what we we talked about about this propaganda still continuing. What having seen what's happened in the past and how propaganda has influenced things, uh, Deccan, Paula, do you think you can play a part in stopping propaganda influencing people, particularly young people now? If I'm honest, we can't really stop what the news websites post. That's their job to post it, and the only thing we can really do is, as the overtips suge- suggest. We just need to check to see if this is true before we, say, share it on social media and influence other people's behaviour. And that's like a really easy thing to talk about, but is it something that you're going to do? Is it something you're going to talk to your friends about? How, how do you make that happen? What do you think, Dick? Tricky. It is, yeah. isn't it? Because it's a lot of research and a lot of time, isn't it? But is there anything that we can do easily, uh, all listening to this programme and being part of this programme, that we can stop propaganda causing some bad things to happen in the future? Well, we could try to report it or flag it. That may possibly um, lead to less of it being on the internet or on social media. Yeah, that's one way, isn't it? Harrison, have you got any thoughts just to finish up? Not really, no. No. Yeah, Nathan, you want to finish Uh, things up? I'd say propaganda can never be stopped. It's always going to be here, just like we're always going to be here till the end of the world. There's never going to be no propaganda. We could flag it, we could make it illegal, but no matter what, there will always be propaganda in different states. There'll always be government propaganda, there'll be store propaganda, there'll always be propaganda to make you do something that you don't want to do before you saw the propaganda. Okay, well, if we take that on board, that means we've just got to be aware of it and really look out for it and try not to be influenced by it, I suppose. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you to everyone at the Bishop Young Academy Exchange Group. It's been a really interesting programme. I hope you've enjoyed it too. We're going to leave with one of the most powerful protest songs um, I think that ever has been. I think it's been voted one of the best songs ever. Um, This is a song by Sam Cooke. It was written after he and his group were turned away from a whites-only motel in Louisiana in the US. The song became an anthem for the civil rights movement and I think it still has real power today. This is a change is going to come. Thank you for listening. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there. Beyond the sky It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Oh yes it will I go to the movie And I go downtown Somebody keep telling me don't hang around It's been a long, 
But I know a change gonna come Oh, yes it will Then I go to my brother And I say, brother, help me please But he winds up knocking me But I know a change gonna come. 